Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and today we're going to talk about some changes that are coming from FDA in 2023 for us out in the beef industry. Thanks for watching and stay tuned. Hey folks, I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Welcome to Doc Talk. It's a pleasure to have you here and, and uh, we're starting out 2023 with some changes that are going to be coming from FDA. I'm a veterinarian. Uh, I have a part-time appointment at Iowa State University and I also own a veterinary uh, consulting firm that consults a lot of cattle from cow-calf to stalker cattle to feedlot cattle all across the United States. And as we look at some of the things that are coming down the pipe from 20, for 2023, specifically in June, if you remember back to 2017 and we had the, the lead up from 2015 to 2017 talking about the veterinary feed directive and there were people out in front of this really talking to, to producers because they were going to remove the, the ability to go in and buy feed grade antibiotics over the counter without a prescription and trying to get veterinarians connected with producers so that all this could happen. Uh, there are two things coming. Uh, the first one is going to be a change in uh, how we implant cattle or a, a, an opportunity to look at our, our re-implanting procedures. And the other one is going to be the over-the-counter antibiotic use uh, that we buy at the, the farm store or things of that nature that we buy over-the-counter. But the first one that I was going to discuss today with us is just picking up some of the things that the, the FDA CVM is, is going to clarify uh, what's going on on implant labels. And so we use steroid implants. Uh, they've been around since the 1950s. Uh, they're extremely safe. They're a, a product that, that probably 90% of the beef cattle receive. It improves feed efficiency by 10%. It improves average daily gain by even more than that. It's improved our carcass conversions and there simply is not a more important biological or economical tool that we can pull out of the toolbox to improve performance, feed efficiency, cost of gain than what a steroid implant has done. And, and so it's kind of confusing to me that they've been around since the 50s and that we've had most of these modern products now are 30 uh, plus years old and uh, today we're going to make uh, some changes or there's some some attempt to bring some clarity to what does uh, some of the products out there have a a label for different production units like some are, are labeled for dairy calves on milk some are labeled for beef calves that are suckling cow some are for production units such as grazing calves. Another one might be for backgrounding calves. And then the final one is for feedlot for finishing. And so there are different labels on these, these products. Um, some of the products have a label that says that you can re-implant within the same production cycle. Some of them have no uh, re-implant or a negative re-implant label. And therefore, um, what is coming is that there's now gonna to have to be some decisions made of which production segment is the calf actually in, and then can we or can we not re-implant them? The example, 
An animal that comes into a backgrounding situation, gets implanted with, a, with an implant, moves to a feedlot, they can be implanted at that point in time with any product that's labeled for the feedlot because they change production units. However, if that same calf comes into a feedlot and is fed like a backgrounder, and then we want to re-implant them within that production unit, um, there's really a lot of ambiguity there around this definition. And I think that, that there's going to be a lot of discussion as to what this really means and, and what this is, is going to. I know it's going to create some chaos. It's going to create some, some issues within the industry, um, but I think that we have to be more clear about our ability to define these, keep them in our, our, keep these tools in the producer's hands, keep beef safe, and keep it affordable. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about implants, but we'll also talk about over-the-counter antibiotics. Hey there, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we're talking about the June of 2023. Some changes are coming. You need to work with your veterinarian, work with your uh, nutritionist, work with your extension specialist to understand the changes that are coming with steroid implant labeling and over-the-counter antibiotics uh, being no more. So as we were leaving with the steroid implant discussion. The thing to understand is that implants have labels for different production spots. So like I said, dairy calf on milk, suckling beef calf, grazing beef calf, backgrounder, feedlot, all these different production units. As animals switch production units, which implant you use really doesn't matter because you can re-implant in the next production system, okay? When this is going to cause some discussion and really there's not clear definition of thou shall or shall not, it's like you should as you read the, some of the, the definitions, but really what it's saying is if you have a steer that comes into a feedlot that needs two implants, you need to find an implant program or an implant product that states that it is labeled for re-implantation during that production site. So I think that, that as we move forward, understanding that feedlot cattle that are going to receive two implants, we have to have combinations of implants that have the label that said you can re-implant. It's going to cause a lot of discussion and um, something that we need to keep our, our eyes on as we move forward. Another one that is coming here in June of 2023 is from now on, all antibiotics will require a prescription. Okay. And you know, we have been able to in the past, as I said, go and get uh, feed grade antibiotics, CTC or, or AS700, and we could get that and use it. And we didn't have to, we just work with our uh, co-op and put it in the supplement. 2017, that changed where we had to have a veterinary feed directive or a prescription for feed grade antibiotics. The only loophole that was left uh, as far as controlling antibiotic use and having it underneath the oversight of a veterinarian were the antibiotics that are sold at the farm stores or sold over the counter through distributors such as penicillin, such as um, uh, oxytetracycline, long-acting oxytetracycline, different products like that, that we could just buy without a prescription and, and utilize them. Starting uh, June 11th of 2023, that will no longer uh, be allowed because of the guidance for the industry number 213 from the FDA. Uh, from that point forward, from June 11th, uh, 2023, uh, all antibiotics will require a prescription from a, 
from a veterinarian. So what does that what does that mean? Well, if you haven't had a relationship with a veterinarian in your area, or if you haven't been uh, getting prescriptions filled from veterinarians within your area to receive antibiotics, whether you buy them off of a, a from a distributor or whether you buy them straight from the veterinary clinic, you will now need a prescription, which will include some things such as case definition, such as um, uh, treatment protocols and treatment outcomes. And we'll get more into this here in the following sessions and kind of tell you how we have done this for other products, which you have to have a prescription for uh, within the beef industry. And we do it on a day-to-day -day basis. The only thing we're going to be doing now is we're going to be adding some products to the prescription base that we haven't had in the past. I want to thank you for watching Doc Talk. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what a BCPR is and what you can expect from your veterinarian when you get your prescription for antibiotics. Hey, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. I'm a veterinarian. Um, we've been doing this show now for 12 years, entering our 13th year uh, with, with RFD. And I want to say thank you so much. Uh, never would have dreamed um, when we started doing this uh, many years ago that we would still be uh, on the air. And it's because of you all watching. And uh, so just very humbled and very thankful. Now, let's talk about the changes that are coming again here in uh, 2023, June of 2023. And really, it's going to be uh, no more penicillin, oxytetracycline, or products like that that will be sold over the counter at farm stores or through distributors or, or such. So, you will need a valid VCPR. What is a VCPR? A VCPR is a veterinary client-patient relationship. And, and we've gone over this in Beef Quality Assurance, um, but I'm just going to read so I don't screw it up or miss some point. But a veterinarian, a VCPR relationship means that the veterinarian has assumed the responsibility for making clinical judgments regarding the health of the animal and the need of medical treatment, and the client has agreed to follow the veterinarian's instructions. So there's two parts right there. One, the veterinarian knows what's going on on your, your farm. They know what needs to be treated for the animal. Uh, and number two, we as producers say we will follow the veterinarian's instructions. So that's the second part of the veterinary client relationship. The veterinarian has sufficient knowledge of an animal to initiate at least general or preliminary diagnosis of medical condition. This means the veterinarian has recently seen and is personally acquainted with the keeping and the care of the animal by virtue of an examination of the animal or medically appropriate and timely visits to the premise. So we can write, so when we start to think about VCPR, okay, and I'll follow up with this. The other part of this is the veterinarian has to be readily available or has arranged for emergency coverage uh, for any follow-up or adverse reactions of the animals to the product. So the veterinarian has to be familiar with your premise. The producer has to agree to do what the veterinarian prescribes. The veterinarian has to have timely visits or have seen the animal that it's writing the prescription for. Uh, and then the last part of it is if the veterinarian is not close uh, to do the follow-up themselves or, or be there for adverse reactions, they have to have lined up some sort of uh, coverage to help with the producers that they're writing the, the prescriptions for. And, and so generally speaking, what consultants will do or what veterinarians will do is they will develop what they call 
case definitions. And it will be, if the animal shows these clinical signs, we are calling this foot rot. If these animals show these clinical signs, we're calling it bovine respiratory disease. So if we have bovine respiratory disease, then we will know based on the, the body temperature of the animal, we'll know based on these clinical signs, and then we'll also grade the severity of the disease. So we have defined the case. We know what it is. We know how severe it is. Now that we know the case definition, now you should be able to go over to when I give all of my producers a treatment protocol that just outlines if we have foot rot and it's a severity score two, we're going to use this antibiotic, this non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, and, and this. And so it's, it's really a recipe card to help us keep our treatments consistent so that we can truly evaluate our case outcomes and our process. Um, the, the understanding the case outcomes then allows us to go back, change the course of the case definition, and also change the treatment protocols. I can't tell you how important it is if you're running a large herd to be able to have these documents, have this relationship with your veterinarian, instead of sitting there wondering which antibiotic to use or which case to use it on. It's just that simple. So I think that the decrease in over-the-counter antibiotics, um, while it'll be a pain in the neck to begin with, and it's not a money grab by the veterinarians, it is something that's truly going to get the veterinarian more involved in your ranch, and we're gonna have better case outcomes in the future. When we come back, we'll talk about some of those ideas of using a veterinarian on your farm or ranch. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'm here in Ames, Iowa. Uh, travel, we have been in 25 states this last year, uh, working with beef producers, with, with uh, beef processors, uh, truly cow-calf, stalker, feedlot, processor, retail. It's just a great industry and it's the people that make up the industry that love our heritage, love our, uh, our cattle, and love the products that we produce. And so as we're talking about this, FDA has come down with new regulations that'll start in June of 2023. Uh, one deals with implanting in different production units, mainly going to affect feedlot cattle. Uh, the other one is going to be the over-the-counter antibiotics uh, and the purchasing, which is going to mainly affect ranch uh, origin or, or smaller farmer uh, feeder types that, that are purchasing penicillin, oxytetracycline over-the-counter. And starting in June of 2023, that will be no more. You will need a valid veterinary client-patient relationship. And, and that we went over uh, will lead to case definitions and treatment protocols uh, that we've talked about for, for quite a bit of time. Uh, Dr. Apley has been on the show to visit with us about that. But, you know, we talk about sustainability of the beef industry a lot. One of the things I am now really working with is the sustainability of veterinary practices. And veterinary practices in rural communities are becoming less and less prevalent. And if you want to have a veterinarian in your rural community or for your beef herds, some things are going to have to change um, for the, to help the veterinarian. And sometimes the veterinarian is sitting there saying, I, I don't know if my producers value this. I don't know if my producers want me to do this. And it's gonna take a nudge from the producer to tell, to ask the veterinarian, hey, do you think you could help us with this and dig in a little bit and understand it? And all of a sudden they de develop a program for one or two clients that they can amplify across the practice area. We can't just be going out there on Christmas night uh, doing C-sections in the rain 
um, as we as we think about these types of things and and have young people want to come to our communities and be veterinarians. Old Doc may be just fine doing this kind of stuff because that's what we're ingrained in doing. But I can tell you that the next generation of veterinarians, if we want them and if we want them involved, we're going to have to start thinking about things like herd health plans, getting veterinarians involved. That means vaccination protocols, uh, parasite control, nutrition, shelter, fencing, different things that, that we want to put into this herd health program to help improve like biosecurity programs, bringing new animals onto the farm, diagnostic surveillance and testing. All of these things we do on regulatory basis, but there are a lot of things that we could be doing with bovine viral diarrhea and things to that nature that would improve your herd health and improve uh, your reproductive efficiency. When we get to repro efficiency, I'm thinking about things like helping with synchronization programs, helping select genetics, helping with, with uh, pregnancy status and grouping of, of animals, and, and really starting to help drive home the value proposition of not carrying cattle through the winter. Veterinarians can help you with culling decisions um, and, and marketing options and different types of verification. We know that traceability is coming. I think that the veterinarian will be key because they live in the rural communities, they have the staff, they have the know-how of really being the ones to help in privatizing this traceability platform so that the government doesn't run it. And so, so as you start to think about this and you start to think about sustainability of veterinary medicine, one of the things I want to urge both the veterinarians and producers to do is to really think about the value proposition beyond preg checking, beyond semen checking bulls, beyond bangs vaccinating heifers. Think about the things that we can do together through herd health plans, biosecurity, parasite control, total herd management that the veterinarian can help. I know it's gonna be a wonderful, wonderful time and we need more veterinarians. So thanks for watching today. Remember, if you wanna find us, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson and I'll see you down the road. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals.